0: Oh, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. My name is Joe, and with me as
1: always is
0: Data, Dak, and Jamie. Yes, and we are talking about Mistborn, the Hero of Ages. We are looking over chapters 16 through 20 this week. Uh, wherein uh, Spook is burning stuff while he's asleep, which is pretty crazy. And then there's some socialist stuff that goes on. And then there's a very big what moment when we find out that, uh, Quillian and his gang have, uh, mist powers, definitely bourgeois. Then we watch as Ellen's forces are taken out by the mist, including our friend, Captain Demo. Demu. Then we watch Breeze and Aryan get pulled by, uh, soldiers as if they are king and queen of the world. Says is super depressed. And then he breaks off from the group to go see the terrorists And we get a what moment when, uh, when they call him your majesty. So says his king, apparently, which is pretty cool. And then Spook almost dies in a fire. And then Kelsier shows up and gives them some weird powers. It's another big what moment. And then 10 is making plans, uh, scheming, trying to basically cover his tracks. So and that is where we are this week. So hold on to something. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. As the towers of steel and stone crumble to dust.
2: Sound as a reaper comes to ground. You turn to face it down because you burn.
3: Yeah, some some uh, interesting and weird things happen in the, these uh, the set of chapters what did you guys think of these five this time chapters
0: uh you know there was there were some there were some ups there were some downs spooks acting a fool for sure but then he gets some crazy Kelsier back from the mist kind of powers I guess <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know we were, we were expecting the Ellen's forces to get pretty hard hit pretty hard by the mists. And they just gave us a little taste, little taste of, say, going back to the terraceman. Interesting that they're at the pits of Hathson, but you know the way that it's described, it I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I am still most interested in the Ten story, so I'm I'm ready for that to to continue. But overall, th- these were good. Just a lot of stuff to kind of. Like this was these were chapters was like well that just raises further questions like we just, <laughs> we're totally gonna lost. have to yeah we're just gonna have to figure out what's going on because there's weird stuff going on.
3: You you've repeatedly predicted that Kelsier was gonna show back up so
4: yeah as like a joke is. but I guess my
0: joking prediction was correct somehow.
4: The Discord chat has lost their mind.
0: Yeah they're like he knew he knew he was coming back he cheated he ran ahead no I had I don't know how would I I no I was joking. <laughs> any time I said he was coming back. I thought he was dead. He probably is dead. This is probably some weird spooky mist thing.
3: Sure, sure. Spooky mist with spook. Yeah. Spook's lost a lot of teeth.
0: blood, so... Uh, this
4: is it's also true. <laughs> yeah, no, these, these were good chapters. Yeah, 100% agree with Joe. It's just like a... Man, i got no idea what the fuck's going on right now. So, like, my main thought when when Kelsia popped out uh, in Spook's chapters was, well, that's, that's either a mist ghost or it's a ruin. Either way, oh. I can't see the too well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Uh, yeah, my my immediate thought was, holy shit, he's, like, hearing voices and stuff. This is Ruin, come to fuck with him. And then it's like, oh, no, maybe maybe he's just heightened his perception so much he can actually hear the Mist Ghost when other people couldn't, and it turns out the Uh, Mist Ghost actually was Kelsier. That would be interesting.
3: I mean, the original Mist Ghost still couldn't be Kelsier, because that was a thousand years ago. But yeah, the new one could totally be...
4: Well, the one that the one that killed Ellen in um the well could have been Kelsey. She was like, I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> oh my, sorry, my daughter's sad now. I bet I, I better undo that. Okay, never mind. That's um, the way Kelsey no, fixes that, like, everything a, by stabbing. That's lot... it. <laughs> kind of his thing. But yeah, no, I I enjoy these. I like seeing what's going on in this in uh, in is it Urto where Spooky is. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that's that seems like an interesting story. I'm curious to see more of Quillian and his and. Because there's obviously going to be a lot more going on in his backstory. For Christ's sake, Spook, keep it in your pants.
1: <laughs> Bit harsh?
4: Once again, once again, fucks everything up because he's trying to get laid.
3: You're not wrong. <sighs> Things really went sideways there because he had to talk to a
0: girl. Yeah. I was yeah. I was going soft on him earlier, but now hearing Dak pile on, I'm just like, yeah, moron. Come on. Really? <laughs> awesome.
4: that was, yeah, you were very restrained. But, yeah, on the whole, pretty good. But, yeah, want to see where it's going.
1: Yeah, so I I liked these chapters. I thought the chapter in Urtau was pretty interesting. Definitely a surprise that there were alamances there, given how the citizen feels about noble blood. But it, it was, I guess it was a shock at first, but now I'm like, eh, doesn't really surprise me because he's being built up to be our villain. Um, so it makes sense that he's not exactly above board. I don't think it was Kelsey, but I like the idea of it being the missed ghost that he could communicate with, but he doesn't have any tin at the time. So he's no. not enhanced.
4: Oh, good point.
1: Yeah. So, but I don't, I think he's just delusional from all the blood loss and obviously things are a bit different for him not being able to sense all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, I liked sort of the battle at the end and, it's like, oh, my God, Spook, what's going to happen? I was like, they're not going to kill Spook yet, surely. Surely he's got more <laughs> to do. <laughs> as much as I'm like, eh, you know, Spook will probably die at some point, I don't think it's today. And we were right. So that's good. Orian can't say I'm shocked she's in a carriage, to be honest. <laughs> Why would you get your 7,000 layers of dress dirty traversing the lands? And Ten chapter as well. I'm really excited to just get him to break out. I think that'd be pretty cool, but it was nice to have a bit of interaction with uh, Milan as well. So lots of lots of little bits of information, nothing too dramatic apart from spook going on. But yeah, good read. He didn't
3: seem like he was that interested in breaking out, but there's there's a little bit of sneakiness happening. So who knows?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I read fifty chapters, but it's you know a few tensoon chapters before he actually gets anywhere. But he's not. It, it, look, if we get to a point where Tensoon stays in a cage, this entire book. <laughs> I'm the mad. whole book.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we go visit him periodically, and he's like, "Yep, day one hundred in my cage." Yep.
4: <laughs> it's like the book always cuts back, cuts back to Marsh. He's like, "I can't escape from ruin." Cuts back to Tensuun. I can't escape the second generation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just the entire everyone's book. just
4: stuck
3: until the last chapter, and then everybody gets out. It'll be awesome.
1: The last uh, three chapters, the stand and yeah. Everyone breaks free.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I actually I really like your, your thought that because we talked about how Spook is, uh, you know, he's he's weak from blood loss. He doesn't have his tin and stuff, but he's also been so hyped up on tin that he may be going like through withdrawals for all we know at this point from all of a sudden not having it.
1: Yeah. Well, you look at how like a pewter drag affects Vin, because I think we've only yeah. really seen it happen to Vin so far. It What Spook's going through can't be good.
3: No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be it's, worse than a pewter come- drag. He's like a year's worth
4: of dragging on tin. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna cut back to him. He's gonna be in the bathroom with like a like chopping up a line of tin and snorting it. <laughs>
0: I mean, but he is using pewter, so whatever this ghost is telling him, whether it's Kelsier or no, like somehow he got the power to use pewter.
3: Unless he's gone insane.
0: But, but it said oh, in the chapter great. that the pewter zang. healed him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I reckon he's he's got he's got pewter. Yeah. He's got sure. the pewter power.
4: After Zane, I've had enough of insane horny dudes. <laughs> yeah,
0: <no joke. laughs> insane dudes talking to voices that aren't there. And he just goes about it like the way the wrong way. I mean, we'll get there. But I mean, it just doesn't make any sense what he's doing. No, he's I... like, he's trying to impress her by saying, I'm gonna kill your brother. Yeah,
3: that's so impressive, what? right?
0: <laughs> I mean, nobody knows she's to, done it. <laughs> even if she doesn't like him, I'm just like, like What?
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's that's that's not gonna. It's not how you hit up the ladies, boob. You've never been to a club. You don't walk up. I'm like, I'm gonna kill your brother. Let's
4: dance.
1: Yes. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> had much success with the ladies anyway. He's just trying. That's true.
4: Well, well <laughs> maybe he took maybe he took the wrong lesson out of Vin's relationship with Rain. It's like, man, mm-hmm. if I'd been around to kill Rain, Vin totally would have liked me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe Jamie's right.
3: He's just trying new things. You know, you don't make any calls. You don't make any sales, right? So.
1: He tried to give Vin a handkerchief. More. You know, he was trying to be all well, gentlemanly. It didn't work out so well for him. No. Might as well just yeah, go be but bold. Yeah, he also hadn't.
0: Yeah, but he also hadn't had like a full conversation with her at that point. So, yeah. I mean,
1: I didn't say Spook was right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
4: let's. Uh, let's oh, get the into dumping this. on Spook is back with a vengeance.
3: Oh my gosh, everyone's gonna be so disappointed. Like I thought they'd like Spook now. <laughs> Okay, so our first epigraph, which I told you guys last time, I was like, hey, you might want to read this. It relates to what we're talking to. We learn about Allomantic Savants and uh, the kind of things that happen to you when you burn metal too much. I think it's interesting that he's like, people who burn bronze, uh, like Marsh, I guess, it's like, some they just some become savants without realizing it. and they get this expanded range and stuff. But for Pewter, it's like actually super dangerous. And most people die before they complete the process of becoming savants.
4: Reading this I just immediately had the thought is like so Breeze pretty much always has his brass on. Yeah. I wonder if he, I wonder if he is a savant for, for brass and we just haven't worked it out yet.
3: I explain uh, why he's so powerful.
4: Yeah, the way they yeah.
0: describe how how good he is at it, I, I'd say that's entirely possible that he's just so good at it at this point that because he's just burning it constantly.
1: Didn't they yeah. say in the like towards the end of the last book in the Siege, Siege of Lutherdale didn't they say something like he was pretty much out at a vegetable, but still?
3: Yeah, while well, he was, like, having a panic attack hiding inside a building, he was still soothing the people to keep them fighting.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, very possibly he has reached Savant, or very close.
3: And I think maybe some of what Marsh was explaining to Vin, he's like... You know, he teaches her how to feel the pulses and stuff. And then he gets like, if you get really good with it, you might even be able to tell when somebody's running low on metal or this or that. And I'm like, maybe like those are the kind of levels that we're talking about where it's like when you're really good and they just he doesn't realize like what what has happened here. Uh, We don't even know if anyone in the world is familiar with this term. We haven't heard it used at all.
4: All it's just this uh, the epilogue writer who's talking about it. I talked about this could be like written much further in the future. Mm-mm. So it could be like yeah, uh, like after I don't know, a couple, couple, couple of decades of studying a lab or something, it's like okay, yeah, we gotta name this now. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have a name for stuff. But I, I like the the
3: the conclusion is like one could argue that like an inquisitor who's been transformed by a spike, the alamantic savant is no longer even human. Not like human the coloss, he's totally human. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: uh, and we cut to Spook, and he wakes up and burning tin while he sleeps and he's so uh he's so tinned up that he has to sleep with like earplugs of wax shoved in his ears and cloth over everything and i was like what if somebody was gonna like sneak up and murder you you don't want to like ears plugged this is a bad spy work here but maybe it's fine well we've already
0: established spook doesn't think things through yeah. yeah but i also think the point is he's saying like even with all that i can still yeah. hear stuff i can yeah. still see stuff it's just this this at least gets me to the point where i can sleep
1: yeah, it's a bit more bearable. I mean, it would House be of... exhausting just feeling and hearing everything all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. And I still, they still haven't talked about like, what does he do about eating? Like, is he just eating bland food? I don't understand like how yeah. he can, how he can eat anything with his taste so amped up.
3: I feel like the blankets and the clothes or whatever he sleeps in must, it's like the feel of it must be crazy uh, distracting. So I don't know how you sleep with that either.
4: Yeah. They haven't really talked much about taste or even smell. Like this is a rundown city. That's, yeah. you know got a few slums here and there. He's got to just be like, man, this shit stinks.
1: He did talk about like part of it being the ability to tune out certain things. Like you tune mm. into what you want, but you can actually tune out. What you don't want to pay attention to, so maybe he's just really good at that.
3: Yeah, that was the first advice he like gave in back in the first book. Was like, it's about what uh, you can tune out.
4: And they they do sort of recap that here a bit, but as the fact remains, he's still like, yeah, he's tuning stuff out, but he is still making a point of just like trying to, you know, wax in the ears so he doesn't have to tune things out. And it's mm-hmm. done for him. So
1: yeah.
3: We also learned that he uh, apparently is sleeping all day most of the time and uh, coming out at night, which makes sense, I guess, with how ridiculously, like, the sun must really be horrible. And he talks about that because he's got his special glasses that uh, he wraps the cloth around. He invented sunglasses. (laughs) He he did. He invented sunglasses. I mean, sunglasses that only work if you have such amped up senses that you can see
4: through cloth. But still. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he's really invented a welding mask.
3: Yeah, no. That's probably closer to the thing. And he goes out and we meet Dern, who is, I think it says like a, I forget what the, what the title it gives him is. Spook says that he's like a beggar lord or something like
4: that. He's Lawrence Fishburne from John Wick.
3: Never saw John Wick.
4: Neither did uh, I. He shows up in, Lawrence Fishburne shows up in the second one. He's basically like the king, the king of the homeless people.
0: Hmm. So yeah. he was like, "Hey, remember when we did the Matrix? Can I be in John Wick?" And <laughs> Keanu Reeves was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. Uh, like
4: John John Wick Two especially was basically just an excuse for Keanu to hang out with like all his buddies. Like yeah, Peter good Stormare brand. from Constantine, Common from whatever that movie he did with Common was like so, yeah. Look,
3: Peter Stormare is always good, so it's oh, fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, he's he meets up with this Dern guy, and apparently they both pretend to be beggars. Dern is the kind of beggar who, like, when he's done at the end of the day, rolls up his mat and walks around the corner to like his Mercedes and drives off. But uh, Spook pretends to be a blind beggar, which uh, that makes sense with the the cloth over his eyes and things. And they kind of have a thing where Dern is all about the citizens rule. It's like, look how great things are now. Much better than the nobles. And at one point he even gives him like a a spiel about He's like, hey, I heard Kelsier speak once. You just don't understand, like, uh, what Kelsier's thing was.
0: (laughs) I was just like, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, Spook just wants to be like, bitch, please.
3: (laughs) Do you know where I got my name? And then we have immediately moved into what Joe predicted with his animal farm thing, where the citizen shows up and Spook's like, wait a second, he's wearing red. That's not an approved color. It's like, oh, no, it's okay for them now. They're allowed
0: to wear the red. Yep. And then they use the bourgeois noble power at the end of the chapter. It's all coming together now. Yep.
4: Yep, totally is animal farm. Mist farm.
3: <laughs> well, and and the funny thing is, Brandon says in uh, in the annotations, he's like, okay, look, my biggest worry about the spook chapters is the citizen plot with, the, you know, the oppressive peasant regime. This is not new. In history, it's not new. In fiction, it's not new. And I only decided to use it after a great amount of consternation because I worry it's going to come off as cliched. It's difficult to get the balance down between familiar and radically new. And so he's basically like, I, I tried a lot of different things. Before, I was like, this makes the most sense with, like, Kelsier's legacy and the way that it all builds into this. This is the – like, he tried several different kind of governments. And he's like, this is the one that fits best. I just yeah. worry that everyone's going to be like, I've seen this a million times.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it is cliche. It, that doesn't mean it's not effective or that it's not even or, – or that yeah. it's not good. Like, I enjoy it. But, I mean, yes, I have seen it before.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's like – Roger Ebert had this quote which I always come back to in my head it's like it's not what something's about it's how it's about it so it's like it doesn't matter if this is a cliche thing that's happened a thousand times before if you do it well yeah, it's right. still good
3: so yeah i think that you know we're starting off pretty well here we don't know where it's going to go but it's uh, somewhat predictable i mean look if if you'd asked me if this guy would uh despite his hatred of nobleman if he would want like to secretly have alamancer's working for him then i'd be like yeah no that's the kind of person that this probably is but I think the first time I read it, I didn't consider that before it happened either. And I'm just like, what? It's like, that's cheating. Oh, no. OK. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. But Spook has paid Dern for some information and uh, <laughs> several times during what's happening. Spook's like, you got to give me more than that. That's not worth the money I paid you. And so they send these people into a house and the citizen makes this big announcement where he's like, we gave the nobleman the chance to leave. These guys didn't want to. They're not part of our society so it's time for them to go and they shove them all
4: in a house and they light it on fire it just seems like a wasteful execution method
0: yeah right? it's like dude don't you guys need houses i mean what do you what's, what's going on <laughs> and
4: it's like they then you've got to devote uh, so much time yeah. and resources to controlling the fire and make sure it doesn't spread it is a, a strange strange choice i mean i get why they're doing it Dern's hint about counting the skulls pretty much seals it. it's like the people like they're not actually executing people in there they're you know throwing bodies in there to make it look like they have but they're saving the people for some other purpose mm. Mm. like and the yeah putting them in a house where people can't actually see them die and then just throwing some remains in there it's like obviously oh yeah we're pretending we're killing them but we've got something else in mind so I don't know what that is yet yeah. but that's that's got to be what's going on
0: that's an interesting way to think about it.
4: I, I thought maybe they were going to be extra skulls in there, like they threw some
0: enemies of the state in there, along with people that were actually, like, nobles.
1: Yeah, never, that's what I was thinking, too.
3: We never got around to actually oh, okay. counting the skulls. So, yeah, we don't know if there's going to be more than ten or less than ten, or uh, what the deal is. Hmm. Spook was a little busy to actually count.
0: Yeah, but I like Dax's Theory better because maybe they're like, so if they're noblemen, if they know that they're noble, maybe they've ascertained that these people have mist powers. And maybe mm. maybe there's yeah. some kind of Urto plot to sell the these mistings to the Inquisitors to make more Inquisitors, like using hemalurgy.
3: Interesting. It makes sense that the Inquisitors would want some more uh, Allomancers. I don't know that they seem like the kind of people who are waiting around to buy them from some random peasants, but... I, yeah, okay. It doesn't even have to be Inquisitors. It could be like anybody who knows about hemolurgy, Like, I want to buy some powers. Yeah. Get me some... Uh, that's true. Alters.
0: Also, yep. maybe that's how... Uh, again, I'm just spitballing. Maybe that's how Quellion and his men got their powers. They're specifically picking uh, people out, and somehow they learned about hemolurgy and they're doing it on themselves.
3: So yeah, it's, they're not really letting the nobles live. They're just killing them their own way to steal their powers. That would make them slightly yeah. less
0: else I... Yeah. But I don't know how that would work, because I don't know emof- enough about hemalurgy to uh, understand, like, can you just shove one spike into the body and no one can see it and that works? Or mm. is that a whole thing?
3: Right. Do you need a ceremony? Do you need to dance around under a blood moon? It's, you know, <laughs> we don't know all the details yet. The only time I think we've actually seen it in use is on like, somebody who was already an Inquisitor and they were, like, smashing another spike in there through a terrasman. So, hmm. But Spook and Dern have this thing where he's like, Dern's like, yeah, those are noblemen. And Spook's like, dude, their parents might have been noblemen, but these are Ska. He's like, they have noble blood. And Spook's like, dude, we all have noble blood. Like, all you have to do is look back far enough. And Dern's like, no, this is what the survivor wants. And I mean, and still, you always come back to the fact that Dern's not wrong. Kelsier loved killing noblemen. And at one point, he might have even approved of this sort of thing. Of course, it, it would be extremely hypocritical for Kelsier to execute people because one of their parents happened to have been noble, even though they lived as ska their whole life, because that's exactly his deal. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting that that doesn't come up to anyone. It's like Kelsier was misborn, so clearly he had noble blood also. But no, we don't talk about it.
1: I guess for him it was more yeah. about the ska way of life and the yeah. noble way of life versus their actual bloodline.
0: Right, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, what do we get the declaration from Vin in book one? It's like, you guys may not be nobles, but you live like them.
4: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we we reject the noble way of life. That's why we do public ex- executions, kind of like the Lord <laughs> <laughs> I Ruler. hadn't even thought yeah. of that. Ooh, shit. <laughs>
3: yeah. Whoops. No, it's, it's just Turnabout is fair play. It's like when uh, when Coin wants to start the Hunger Games with the children of the capital. Oh, Jesus. I don't know why we went to Hunger Games again. I'm sorry. We just did that, like, last week. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And also, still <laughs> haven't read all the
0: Hunger Games books. Haven't read them between this week and last week, so I still we, we have no idea it for you. what
4: yeah, you're so talking about. It's, it's fine. I mean, let, let's be real. You had no intention of doing that.
0: Uh, No, no. I, and, I, <laughs> and I already know the thing that kicks off the book series. Her, you know, spoilers. Her sister dies. Like, I'm like, okay, I know that. I don't really care then. But
3: but Donald Sutherland is in the movies, so that's a plus. I love Donald Sutherland. He is pretty great. But this is where we get Dern's, like, count the skulls. That's how he's going to earn his coin, by uh, creepily being like, count the skulls. And then he leaves.
1: Spook's going to get to a point where there's actually ten skulls in there, and he's like, yeah, what? (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Okay, I counted why the skulls. That's supposed to tell me
4: anything. It's like, he, he goes back, he counts the skulls, and, and like, and says, "Well, they're exactly as, the, as many as they were meant to be, yeah. But how many rib cages were there? <laughs> no, what the what, what?
3: Count count the toes.
4: <laughs> they're selling bones to the canter, I don't know. I don't,
3: count oh, yeah, the so pelvises.
4: Wait, why? <laughs>
3: The, the, the citizen stands up and makes a speech about how the survivor would be proud of you the ash is a sign from him it represents the fall of the empire
0: yeah that's just all sorts of wrong <laughs> like
4: uh, I, I just want to stand up and be like no
0: dude no that's not that's incorrect
4: yeah Quellian just kind of landed in Terrace after making that leap yeah
0: well uh, Terrace uh, or New Terrace either way they're both good
4: they're
3: both far away from yep. where he is currently <laughs> But we find out that, uh, I guess, people have been sent out to the fields and are not allowed to come back. Like, this woman's like, can't my grandson come back just for a little while? And he's like, nope, he's needed out in the fields. Maybe someday he can come back. And then, apparently, Belgery, the sister, smells slightly of perfume, which is also supposed to be forbidden. (gasps) bum, bum, bum.
0: And if Spook says it slightly, it must be, like, the tiniest hint of perfume that she's using. It's true.
3: Maybe she just is using soap because she took a bath, Spook, okay? just
4: Yeah, come on, dude. Don't be a jerk. Like she actually just picked up the bottle and put it back down again. It's just on like a drop on her fingertips, right?
3: And then Spook is like, oh, what would Kelsier do? He's he's really looking hard for an excuse to get close to this girl. He's like, maybe Kelsier would have tried to make an ally out of someone the Citizen trusted. Yes, that's my excuse to go talk to the girl. <laughs>
0: Also, how do you make an ally out of a woman by telling her, yo, I'm going to kill your brother? Right. <laughs> That's not
3: the first thing he says, but I agree that he gets there pretty quickly to yeah. be trying to make an ally
0: of her.
1: Right. He and assumes like, she's miserable because of the brother. I yeah. guess, but I mean,
0: you know what they say about assuming things? Yep. It makes you spook? <laughs> yeah, it makes an ass out of spook. Yeah.
3: <laughs> But he, I mean, he starts out, he's like, do you approve of the murders that your brother commits? And she's looking around like, "Who's okay, who
4: said that? This was kind of cool
3: how he's just like batmanning around her. Yeah, he's, he's like popping around in the crowd, trying to not be seen. You think this is any different from what the Lord Ruler did? Which is exactly what we were just talking about. Like, this is a, an execution yeah. in the middle of the city. That's Lord Ruler style. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, who are you? And so... I mean, maybe it's working. Maybe you're you're approaching <laughs> the ability to make an ally of her. And he's like, "I'm uh, the man who will kill your
4: brother."
0: It's like, it's oh, like okay. wait, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, man!" <laughs> like, it, whoa. it
4: it it feels, though like if if some random starts popping out of the crowd and starts throwing accusations at me, one of my first questions is probably gonna be, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, exactly. That's, that's fair. Yeah.
0: Also, I mean, it's cool for Spook to kind of you know spook around, for lack of a better term. But it's oh my not God, cool. Right. It's
4: totally just building up to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's definitely not cool. Like, he's clearly talking to her while his her brother is giving a speech in front of a giant crowd. And they're like standing behind outside of the crowd, easily seen like you're going to you're going to creep around in a crowd and then you're just going to stand out in the open. Like, come on, wait, wait, use your noggin.
3: Well, they start in the middle of the crowd, and then they kind of stop, stop long enough to talk back and forth that yeah. the crowd moves, and then all of a sudden the citizens just see Spook and his sister standing there.
0: Yeah, and I like it's genius. It's like he's standing up in front of everybody, and he's just like, wait a minute, what are you doing with my sister over there? It's yep. just so ridiculous.
3: <laughs> and then Spook's like, oh, crap. I overstayed my welcome here. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I was seen because I'm standing out in the open. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh. And he starts
3: to run, but uh, the security is coming up too fast. And Spook's like, "Fine, let's do this." And he's ready to fight. He pulls out his cane against the swords of a bunch of other guys. Okay, good plan, Spook.
4: He makes a pretty good showing of himself
3: here. He does. I mean, it says he's trained with Ham and clubs, and he knows how to defend himself fairly well. But I mean, he wasn't. He's not Finn or Ham or Kelsey or the people who could like seriously fight with Allomancy. And also, yeah, once the fight starts. It's not going to be a starts, one-sided fight. Oh well, yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's kind of one-sided because there's, like, a bunch of these guys and there's one of him. But he, he manages to do some work Some work here. Breaks some dude's yeah. arm. Smacks him on the head. But uh, just before he can kind of, you know, make Because he's trying to, like, basically plow a hole through here so he can escape. And just as he's about to get away, there's allomancy happening. Somebody's pushing on metal to uh, maneuver things around so that he can't get away. And he turns around and he realizes it is coming from Quellian. Quellian's standing there with his sister staring straight at him. he's got like this concentration thing on his face. He's like, "I've seen that before that's that's the constipated alamancy look or whatever. <laughs> and then he also realizes that uh, one of these guys is hitting way too hard to be just working on normal strength. This guy is a thug. so he got like a coin shot and a thug in the crowd at this point. so he's looking a little bit hypocritical.
0: So, Quallion's a coin shot, not a, what is it, a lurcher?
3: Uh, I think so. Oh, we nice. go back to when he moves it. No, lurcher is pull with and he is iron, and oh, the coin shot is oh, push okay. with steel. Let me yeah. see what it says. It's a spook sword froze in the air, and he can't push forward. Somebody was pushing against it, and then he looks around and sees...
0: Yeah, I mean, the result would be the same. Yeah. I just, I didn't remember how it was described. Yeah, it's it. It
3: reads to me because he, he keeps saying that he pushed capital P against Spook Sword, so it reads to me like he's pushing. But I don't know that it actually says whether he's standing directly in front of Spook or directly behind Spook. So I guess it could be either way still. Uh, okay, and then we get another thug. So there's at least three Alamancers here, although uh, one of them doesn't care much about uh, his fellow soldiers because. While the one thug's body is between him and the other soldier, the other thug stabs through his friend to get to Spook and shoves his sword into Spook's chest, I think it says?
0: No, it it goes through the other guy's chest. Into Spook's chest, yeah. It goes through his back into Spook's chest. Ow.
3: And then snaps from the weight of the dead man, so that was fun. And Spook passes out, feeling the blood on his chest. So with his heightened senses from Tin, that's gotta be real unpleasant. Like, the
4: oddly, he didn't feel pain. His heightened senses should have made the pain so powerful that oh, well, it hit. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's like, wow, I don't feel a thing. Oh, there. Shit. This should Did have the, knocked
1: me out. Did you say the sword snap? Um, Yeah, it
3: says the body of the dead man was a weight that finally snapped the blade.
1: Right, okay, I missed that. Interesting. And then we cut to uh, our
3: next epigraph, which is about the microbes, the ash-eating microbes and enhanced plants. So Roshak got better and better with the power during the very short time he held it. It says, just a matter of minutes that Roshak had the power, and he went from being an ignorant child who pushed the planet too close to the sun to an adult who could create ash mounts to finally a mature artisan who could develop plants and creatures for specific purposes. But this also tells us pretty explicitly that it was preservation's power that he was using. because says it shows his mindset during his time with preservation's power under its influence he was in protective mode instead of trying to go back and undo stuff he was working to fix the problems that he just caused reactively so we talked about whether he had preservation power ruin power or something else entirely and this definitely indicates that he's working with preservation power
0: yeah well i think it indicates that he's worked with both right like one one he used to destroy, to, like, move stuff around and, like, create the ash mounts. And the other one he used to fix all the stuff he'd just done. Hmm. At least that's the way it reads to me.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it says he used preservation's power. It doesn't say he didn't use ruins. It's true, yeah. Yeah, all it says is during his time with preservation's power, he had this mindset.
3: So, yeah, okay. And then here's here's the Ellendon Demu chapter where they're hanging out, they're going to expose their people to the mist. And he's out here, he's like, be strong, everyone! And he's explaining why they need to do this, which we already had the explanation, so, you know, whatever. And they get into a discussion about the survivor and the church of the survivor, and Damien's like, you know, you don't have to keep pretending to believe if you don't want to, but and Ellen's like, no, no, I promised I was going to be part of the church, I'm part of the church. And Damien's not real comfortable with it, he's just like, okay, but, I mean, if you don't really believe, I don't know that the survivor would want you, like, yeah.
0: It's just like, you don't believe, be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you're just gonna fake it to use the church for your benefit, like, I don't know that that's cool. <laughs> and I don't know that
3: Ellen assuages those feelings exactly. He's like, eh, I don't really know what I believe, Damu. I mean, not in the Lord
4: Ruler, but, you know, having something's good, right? It's just, oh, he has the best line. And he's like, well, my last god was killed by the woman I eventually married, who you yep. claim is a religious figure, but she spurns your devotion. And, and Damon's like, Yep, yeah, OK, good point.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ellen's god got killed by his wife, and then his dad got killed by his wife. So who's next? Jeez.
4: Yeah, let's also not forget his brother, oh, his brother was killed by his wife. <laughs> two
0: Two of his brothers were killed. By his wife. They never possibly found more. out
4: about the head explodey one.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true, but we know.
3: All, uh, of, all of those Alamancers <laughs> at that fight were his half siblings.
0: Yeah, but I don't think she killed all of them. I think uh, she only, like, some of them were taken out by, like, sets people or something. Mm. I don't remember. But anyway, many siblings and dead <laughs> and things have been lost to his wife. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and they get into this discussion about Kelsier
0: and, uh,
3: they even talk about snapping, and it's like there's this new mythology building around Kelsier, where it's like, Damon's like, don't you think that if Kelsier, you know, was a normal elementer, he would have snapped before he went to the pits? He lived this like street life and stuff. Uh, he was a thief. Don't you think that he probably went through a lot of stuff that should have snapped him? So maybe something more powerful happened in the pits. He says Kelsier the man died in those pits, and Kelsier the survivor was born. He was granted great power and great wisdom. Okay, he wasn't that wise, Demu. I mean, I know how you feel about him, but
0: <sighs> yeah, it's uh, it's the other. It's like the smallest what moment in these chapters. You're kind of like, wait, what? I don't. That that doesn't sound right. I mean, the snapping thing, I kind of get. It kind of sounds. Somewhat convincing, like, yeah, it is kind of strange that all of these things happen in his life and that he didn't snap until this point, especially after, like, the death of his mother and stuff. But, I mean, we we know, knowing Kelsier better, know in the first book that he didn't take life all that seriously. Like, he wanted to be the best thief, sure. Uh-huh. But he didn't take life all that seriously up until he came back from the pits. So I think while it is somewhat interesting to have that thought, like well maybe fate snapped him at that moment um, for a specific purpose, but I, I think it's more likely that it was just happenstance.
4: We also just don't know a lot about the snapping process and what's actually required to make it happen. Maybe there's a specific Perfect. part of a, like a certain type of trauma that does it. And Kelsey just never experienced that until he got to the pits. So, Mm. yeah, that's entirely possible. We really don't know that much about it. Again, it just comes back to everyone thinks they know everything about Alomancy in these books, and they fucking don't. (laughs) It's so true. It's like we know how snapping works. No, you don't. Nothing can stand against
0: Adium, oh Electrum, or somebody who's just really good at fighting.
3: Yeah, you know,
4: Vin had to. Gold and Adium are the ninth and tenth medals Nope.
0: Nope. Not not
3: really. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We found so many medals since then, guys. You just don't even know. (laughs) I like Ellen's take. He's like, okay, as a scholar, I understand what's happening here. They're gradually, like, Kelsier's becoming deified for the church because they can't continue to worship like a guy. He has to be something more than that. So the faith is evolving. Uh, There's one little bit here in the annotations about Kelsier snapping. And Brandon says, why didn't Kelsier snap before he went to the pits? I don't have an answer for you. He did have a hard life, and it is odd that he wouldn't have snapped until that moment when he saw his wife beaten to death. They say that the more powerful a person is, the more trauma it takes to get them to snap, and the more dangerous that snapping is. And that's all. Hmm.
0: So, I mean, then we can pretty much assume the Dame was wrong, like it's not some mystical deification thing. <laughs> and then that also might explain, like, yeah. you know, Vin's sister's death, if she snapped when she was a child. Maybe, and she she seems to be a stronger alumancer than many maybe like it was extremely dangerous when she snapped it, it almost puts me in the mind of oh shoot what do they call it in um what do they call it in the Harry Potter movies the um the fantastic beast movies what's the uh, the that kendra dumbledore probably was
3: uh, oh um i know what you're talking about it's
4: uh, oh it's the skrews or something yeah, that's, that's what it, it is
0: you got it it, it almost puts me in mind of that it's like they're so dangerous when they when their magical power like just unleashes itself that, uh you know, they can't really control it. It causes destruction or whatever.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, and we know that uh, Kelsier messed the pits up pretty good that night, which I've always wondered about because it's like, where did he get some metal to maybe something about snapping? Like you get like a power burst or something. I don't know. But uh, he killed a bunch of people that night, he said. And so we uh, it's interesting. But we get to as they're kind of as Alan's kind of thinking about this, someone starts screaming, and the mists have appeared. People are falling. He's like, "Let's ride, Demu," and he looks back, and Demu is on the ground. I don't know was anybody surprised that uh, Demu went down here.
1: I hadn't really thought th- about him not being.
3: Yeah.
1: So I guess once you sort of think about it, not really surprised that he went down, but yeah, it was sort of shock, a bit of a shock that he had been in. The um the part of the army that just hadn't been exposed yet.
4: Hmm. Yeah, I was just like, r- really, of all the people, you haven't inoculated this guy, <laughs> one of your main generals.
0: Yeah,
4: and I think that's what Ellen
0: kind of says that in his brain, like he he didn't even think about Demu not have already been exposed to the mist.
3: Yeah, he yeah. A, he just assumed that he like Vin and the others was already
0: immune. Well, plus it is it is kind of weird if you think about it, because, you know, his whole church is like, don't fear the mists. Like Kelsier said, the mists are our friend. But then he never went out in the mist.
3: Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. There's in the annotations he talks about. He's like, I, I maintain a paranoid worry that somewhere in this book or the previous one, Dame who went out in the mist and shouldn't have should have fallen sick then. But I can't think of an instance And I believe I can reasonably make this the first time he's exposed, but I still worry I've missed something and I'm sure my loyal readers will let me know. And then there's a note. It's like, okay, he would have had to have gone out in the mist after they started killing people, (laughs) which happened when Vin approached the well of Ascension by way of trivia. The mist changed the very moment, the full power of the well returned to be drawn again. So anytime Mm. Damon went out before that wouldn't have uh, made sense. Yeah.
0: But then, yeah, also like, what I said, like, he's he's one of the the church's most devout followers, but he's yep. like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to go in. the
3: I guess maybe since the the end of the last book, they've been so go, go, go with military stuff. He may not have been doing, you know, his nighttime missed sermons or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a little bit weird, but it, it also works just because it's like now it's somebody that we know that has. Yeah, yeah. Sickness so a threat. Kinda hits you. But that's the end of that chapter. The ash continued to fall. The next epigraph That's is... Okay, Russia.
4: Kelsey sent that,
3: apparently. Yeah, 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 it's all Kelsier. It's about the fall of the Empire. Yeah, the ash is fine.
4: The ashes are... Kelsey friend. made the you volcano. Oh, Jesus amazing. Christ.
3: <laughs> yes, Kelsier, exactly. Yeah, yeah, somehow he made volcanoes, even though they've been around for <laughs> a thousand years. It's it's whatever. Okay, Roshik didn't solve all the world's problem. In fact, he created a new thing with each thing he did fix, but he was clever enough that subsequent problems were smaller than the ones before it. Uh, he did save the world, true, the near destruction was his fault in the first place, but he did an admirable an admirable job, all things considered. At least he didn't release ruin to the world as we did. That's fair.
4: Yeah. So, he, so, so it's like, retroactively, we're making Rashik into Dr. Doom. <laughs>
0: also, uh, like, I, you know, Sazed, I'm assuming this is the, Sazed is still, I, I'm still under the assumption that Sazed is the writer of these epigraphs. He's being very generous by saying we. Because we all know it was one person that uh, <laughs> that yeah. let ruin out.
3: Yeah, I mean, if it if it if it was, uh, I mean, if Say's is the one writing it, says was trying to stop it at the time. He's like trying to get there to be like, no, wait, maybe we should
4: rethink this. Yeah, but like then he'll take that on board as like I failed to stop them, therefore some of this is my fault because, of course, he does.
3: But he did tell her the last time he saw her to like go to the Well of Ascension or whatever. Uh, before she and Ellen left.
4: So maybe, I mean, he did encourage it. Yeah. It's kind of just like, yes, go to the Well of Ascension. And then later on, he's like, I didn't think he'd actually find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's
3: exactly what he went. That's the thing. He's like, I gave you a fake map. How did you find the real one? <laughs>
4: it's, it's it's like, was it, was it the South Park episode where Kyle's parents told him that he had to bring peace to um, some troubled country or something before they'd let him go to a concert? So he went out and did that.
0: Oh, yeah. And, th- and then they still don't
4: let him go. They still didn't let him yeah. go.
0: Or the uh, episode of The Simpsons where Bart tries to not hit the bird, and then uh, and he's like, "Wow, you got it even with the crooked sight. Way yeah. to go, killer!"
4: <laughs> oh Jesus.
3: Oh. We cut to okay. We cut to Sazed and they're releasing his horse because they can no longer. It's the last of the horses, I guess, and they have to just set it free because they can't give it. They don't have enough food to give him anymore. And they're like, oh, "That's kind of sad. You think it's gonna survive?" And he's like, "Yeah, probably." And Breeze is like, hey, you want to ride with us? Because he and Aurean are in the carriage. The carriage that, because there are no more horses, is pulled by soldiers now. And another soldier holds a parasol over Breeze's head as he gets in. Yeah, oh. as
0: if we needed another reason to hate Aurean. Here it is.
3: <laughs> oh, goodness. And, you know, Says to still just think, think. all the All the bad thoughts. Looking through his religion portfolio. But as they get into the central dominance, there's fields and farmers, and Saez and Gordon'll have kind of an interesting conversation where they're both looking at these farmers and thinking very different thoughts. Because mm-hmm.
4: Gorodil keeps
3: showing up. He's the he's the captain of their uh, expedition, I guess. Well,
4: he was su- he was such a minor soldier. Like, you know they showed up like, at the end of the first book. He showed up once looking at the wells in the second book. Yep. And now he's back again. i was like, how do you keep finding yourself? In these people's orbit, you're just like it's not like Damu where yeah. he was a captain. No,
0: I'll tell you how, Dak. It's because he's named after one of Brandon's friends. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. is that this guy? No, I think that he said there were several. I don't know if it's this if this guy is one of them.
3: Yeah, I don't remember if this guy's one okay. of them. I'm pretty, but there are there are a few. Like I think Damu was one that's named after in some way a friend, and there was uh like the, the guy from the set's well, well, last time. Yeah, Wallen. That's the yeah. guy. I'm going to have to look it up. Hold on. Gordell, Mistborn, we're going to find out. It'll say in his, like, wiki
4: entry if it's one of those. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, Gordell is based on Richard Gordon, a friend of Brandon.
4: Okay. There you go. i like we got a little bit of insight into this guy, though. He's like, yeah, I joined the, I joined the army. My parents disowned me. It wasn't a great day.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's... We knew that from the first book that, like, the people who joined Lord Ruler's forces, they're not looked on well by... Oh, other uh, ska. No. They're like They're traitors. Freighters. So, yeah, Gordel's like one of the guards of the Lord Ruler's palace. That's got to be even worse than just a regular old soldier.
4: Yeah. The the impression I got when it's like, "Oh, we're learning a bit more about Gordel." Is this cuz Damu just died and we need like another <laughs> supporting Ska <laughs> soldier oh. to be our friend?
1: You don't know that Damu's dead.
4: We don't know that he's not dead.
1: True.
3: Schrodinger's just Damu. It's funny because <laughs> I, I, I think the next chapter we're going to read for next week. I think the very first line answers the question of whether or not Damu died. If I remember <laughs> Damu
0: is right. dead, we buried him in the ground.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but says looks out at all these farmers and he sees like that their lives haven't really changed much since the fall of the final empire. They're still out in the fields sweeping ash off the plant so they can survive. And Gordel sees it exactly the opposite where he's like, this is awesome. Like they're so happy now. They're working for themselves and to feed their family, not for like the nobles with whips and shit.
0: Yeah, it's very much like in a, in a history where indentured servants then get like homesteads. Yeah, it's like, you know, their lives are still the same. Like what they do is the same, but it's, it's the difference between working for somebody else and not even getting to reap the uh, benefits of your harvest and then actually feeding your family.
3: Yeah, it makes a big difference to the people doing the work. Seist is not in a position to see that, and he's also kind of depressed, so you can understand why he's kind of glass half-empty on this. Yeah. And then they decide they're going to stop at Luthadel for supplies, at least everyone else is. Saist has somewhere else he wants to go. I like Gordel just nods, doesn't ask says uh, what's up, where he's going. Just like, alright, you do your thing. Just a total you-do-you you, you you moment. I can't decide if Gordell should be more interested if he's supposed to be in charge of the soldiers on the expedition protecting, like, the chief, the <laughs> the chief ambassador
0: of the Empire. Yeah, exactly. I think he's probably just like, he's, well, it's not my place to tell the ambassador he can't go somewhere.
4: Yeah, probably. <laughs> in his head, he's just like, I saw this guy hulk out and punch a colossus in the face. I'm gonna let him go. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs>
0: He's fine. <laughs> Later they get they get stopped by like some inquisitors and they're like, If this is a diplomatic mission, then where is the ambassador? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Well, we have Breeze and they're like, Yeah, whatever, where's the terraceman?
3: <laughs> the Inquisitors probably would be looking for the terraceman, actually. That's just,
4: Yeah. Nobody well, wants so I like the Inquisitors stop you to talk, you're already doing a lot better. I was gonna say, yeah. If uh, it, it, it wouldn't be like the
3: scene where Darth Vader wants to know where the ambassador is. It would be like the scene from Rogue One where Darth <laughs> Vader slices in and cuts up everyone on his Well,
0: own. if they're being completely controlled by Ruin, Ruin may be a little bit more subtle about it, but probably not. I guess we don't
3: know really, yeah. Mm.
0: Man, now I just want that to happen. Some tattooed guy is just pointing at him, like, over and over. It's like, where is the ambassador? <laughs> <laughs>
3: All the obligators had tattoos, so Norton could do it if you really want someone to do it.
0: Yeah, Norton's not an Inquisitor though, isn't he? He's an obligator.
3: That's oh, so what I said, all the obligators had tattoos. Oh, I so. thought you said
0: Inquisitor. No. Yeah, I mean I guess, but Norton's on the good team, so you know, he's not gonna be all he's not gonna be all finger pointy and be like, Where is he?
4: <laughs> Maybe they'll send him into Fadric City so he can do that. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Norden's exa- Norton's gonna be the ambassador. That's probably a bad <laughs>
4: Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to last long. Is it any worse than sending Ori Well, uh, you know... Mm, tomatoes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sazed is headed for the pits of Hathsin, where we find out the Terrace people have settled after we saw them retreating from nor- uh, the Terrace yeah. dominance in the last book.
0: Or as I like to call it, new New Terrace. <laughs> new new.
3: Um, you're now just Neil. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but yeah, so there was already infrastructure here because of the hundreds of slaves and all the people who had to guard, you know, the soldiers and everyone else who was stationed here during the final empire. So there's buildings and place for people to live, make food, all that stuff. So it seemed like a place the terrorists could go and kind of roll themselves and they could uh, do what they've always done, which is they are herdsmen, herds people. They have sheep and stuff, a hardy, short legged breed of sheep is uh hanging around eating whatever grass yeah. or stuff they
0: can find i just imagine like sheep that look like corgis since they're so short like <laughs> <laughs> i i have a corgi so Jeez. anything sh- any whenever i hear stubby legs i just think of corgis <laughs> nice man roast lamb is good right now
3: roasted corgi you say okay
0: no no mutton, no. mutton you say <laughs> But like, as Sazed
3: walks into town, the children run out to him or run for their parents. The sheep come up and gather around Sazed, hoping that he's bringing treats.
4: It's like a total Disney moment.
3: It kind of is. And uh, yeah, one of the, one of them says Lord Sazed and one of them says your majesty and says like, please don't don't call me that. And then they're like, OK, well, Master Keeper, let's get you something to eat. It's a very short chapter.
4: It's basically, yeah, just Sazed striking out and reminding us the Gardell's alive. <laughs> the
3: the scar are kind of
4: happy now. Good for them. And the terrorist, ter- terrorist people are doing okay. Good for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, other than the you fact don't know that, that there's keepers, but yeah, there's terrorist people. So
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he he does mention he's the downside that he's like yeah, you know, there's not that many of us left, and a lot of the men are eunuchs. So, oh, he says there were perhaps forty thousand of them left, which is
4: kind of a lot. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> decent sized people.
1: Yeah. I mean, versus however many they had before.
4: all well, yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah. yeah, but it's not like they're bad, like, you know, if, if there's, they're if there's enough people... 40 people. <laughs> yeah, they should still be able to repopulate. Well, except for all the eunuchs. Well, I mean, how many, I guess it's how many of them are eunuchs and how many of them yeah, aren't. Yeah, it's,
3: it's not specific. Does it say they're that? mostly eunuchs? It, it says a good say many yeah.
4: of the men were eunuchs is what
0: it says. Uh, okay. So let's I do what good Let's just say many 50%. Is. Let's say 50%. So with right, 20,000 like, whole people, you think you could repopulate?
3: Well, the women probably aren't eunuchs, so you would have 20,000 women and 10,000 men who could breed
4: theoretically. Yeah, depending on the Yeah, you can make a few generations out people. of that.
3: So every, every every male gets two wives, and mm-hmm. uh, they're good. Gotcha. Anyway, that's <laughs> that. That sounds really, really sexist to say you? that out loud, but uh, <laughs> that it's math is what it was. It was. Yeah.
0: We're, uh, you know, these are fictional characters. Come
3: on. So next chapter, the epigraph is, this is the one that I accidentally spoiled earlier because I thought it was mentioned somewhere else, but it's like the ash was black and it probably should not have been because most ash is like gray or white when it comes from volcanoes. But uh, this was specially designed ash. But he's like, or maybe it was just ruins power.
1: Well, I feel like a darker color makes sense. If you're trying to, like, block out harsh sunlight and everything like that.
0: Our ash will block out the sun.
3: <laughs> that was the point of the ash, was to reflect the sunlight.
1: So yeah, that makes
3: yeah. sense. And so we cut this back just, to
4: Spook. just their way of um going on to Breeze. Event. When Breeze is complaining, it's like, why make it black? That's such a boring <laughs> color. And it's like, there was a the reason, damn it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Don't insult the Lord Ruler's fashion sense. He had a good reason for the black. Oh, he's spinning in his grave. Oh, that's an interesting. Somewhere in the annotations in the very first book, when the Lord Ruler shows up, he's wearing, like, black and white. And, of course, I didn't read it in the annotations at the time, but it was uh, – Brandon says that it, it was because he was showing that he was both ruin and preservation, and that's why he was oh. – chose this style of – Anyway, random fun fact about the Lord Ruler's fashion sense since we were on the subject. <laughs> uh, what do they do with his body? That's an excellent question. It had grown super old, uh, and
0: mm. yeah, I don't know. They gave it to Wakanda.
3: <laughs> For some reason, I heard they gave it to Wakanda, and I was
0: Wa- like... Wakanda. <laughs> Lord Ruler's in Wakanda forever. <laughs>
3: that would have that been a thing.
0: Wakanda forever. Sorry.
3: Chadwick Boseman. Good guy. R.I.P. Uh, okay, random random voices. Get up, Spook. Get up spook you need to get up and
4: uh straight away i was just like this is ruin
3: it is i think ruin is the only other time that we've heard a voice in someone's head unless you count like reen's voice talking to vin from her memories or whatever which happens a lot but yeah i think the guy, to the god talking to zane is the only example we have of a voice in head
4: so your rain is only a couple of letters away from
3: ruin coincidence i think not (laughs) i think so no that's probably a coincidence <laughs>
1: the <a> pronunciation problem.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. Reen's name in that language is actually spelled with like 15 N's. You just don't. Uh... Uh...
1: Reen was actually the affectionate pet name that Vin gave Ruin, her brother. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. They just let her keep going with it.
0: <laughs> oh no, gosh. honey. It's Ruin. Reen. Yeah. yeah. Close enough.
4: That's ah, why he was so angry.
0: Get my name right! <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it does mention smell here, which you, you mentioned before. Like, we haven't really talked about smell as one of these senses. And, but all of a sudden he's like, oh, my nose is so, is, isn't sensitive enough to tell the species of wood by the scent anymore when he wakes up and oh, doesn't no. have tin. Yeah, how horrible,
4: right? <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that before.
1: So how useful was that test book? Right? It's just, this is something he does all the time.
4: <laughs> his uncle's he's a
0: carver. He's like, "Hey, going, boy, is that a cherry tree?" He's like, "Yes, sir."
4: <laughs> Yesing of the sirs. He's yeah. just he's just walking around town, just going, "Hmm, mahogany, <laughs> <laughs> mahogany."
3: But he wakes up, and it, like it's like he was in a room. He knows that much. When his shoulder hurts, the wound had not been cared for. Where the sword pierced him near the shoulder. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they took care of your wound before throwing you in here.
4: In fact, you give him some medicine? Sure, then let's burn him.
3: Of he doesn't know at this point that they're going to burn him, so, you know. But it's like his whole left arm doesn't work correctly because he's been stabbed near there, so that's not good. And the voice is telling him, you've lost a lot of blood, you're going to die soon, even if the flames don't get you. And Spook's like, wait a second, flames? And the voice, it's interesting because... An argument could be made, like I said, that Spooky's just going insane, and is hearing voices for that reason. He's in shock. Bad things are happening. But the voice seems to know things that he doesn't, such as, don't look for your pouch of tin, they took that. And also the flames thing. He he doesn't know about the flames until the voice tells him.
1: Well, he thinks he doesn't know about it, because he thinks he can't smell anything, but surely he can smell something.
3: Mm, That's true. So maybe subconsciously he knows. Yeah. And he realizes that he's in a nice house, a nobleman's house, and they are burning it down. I guess that's why they're burning these buildings, because they were nobleman's houses, and you can't have regular people living in nobleman's houses now.
4: Still, it seems like you know, if you just demolish the building, you can still use the wood and the parts yeah. for other more productive things. I'm overthinking uh, this. Ah,
1: noble, noble materials. We don't use that. <laughs> yeah, those are. That's too fancy
3: wood. Uh, Got to burn that down. And the voice tells him to crawl And he starts crawling He's like no not towards the flames What's Thanks Spook
0: (laughs) Yeah and this was the point At which I got an inkling like That seems like the way that Kelsier Would talk to Spook Or anyone Like Mm -hmm. I kind of had an inkling like is this Kelsier What's going on who is this
3: The voice tells him the windows are boarded shut He needs to go uh, Out the other door go down to the second room on the left and it's just like crawling and doing whatever the voice says. Like I've heard this voice before. Why do I want to do what it says? Is it a woman? (laughs) That would explain
0: why. Yeah, it's actually just Baldra and he's just like super into her.
3: (laughs) I like the note that it's like thieves in the city complain that ransacking these places. It wasn't worth the effort because the citizen forbids ostentation so expensive furniture couldn't be sold even on the black market. If you got caught owning luxuries, you might end up burning to death in one of the
4: executions. Uh, This society. This society apparently does not have couches. That's that's no woman furniture. (laughs) You sit on the floor like a scar, damn it.
1: But it's like if you would just share it amongst everybody, then it's equal still.
3: It's true. Everybody could have a little ostentation. It's fine.
1: It's like, you know what, guys? We've worked hard. Let's have a nice chair. Yeah.
3: It's it's such Spook's like barely conscious, so that it's just some weird conversations happening where the voice says go to the desk and Spook goes I'm dead and the voice is like no you're not go to the desk. <laughs> Wait
1: what I'm not dead.
3: And, All oh. right if you say so. <laughs> and then he sees a figure, a shadow of a person. And he's like you, and he finds some metal in there. He's like oh sweet Georgia Brown some tin I'm gonna swallow this down.
0: Yeah. And I want to say here for the record, if I saw Kelsier, who I believe to be dead, I would not say you. I would say Kelsier. <laughs> it's,
3: it's, oh, it's like uh, it's like the CinemaSins videos where somebody says something. And he's like, this guy's playing the pronoun game to force the other guy <laughs> yeah. to ask who he's talking about.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, but he drinks it down. He's like, wait, this isn't tin useless. And the voice is like, no. Or the figure rather, it's like, burn it, Spook. It's like, but it's not tin. No, the guy who owned this house was not a tin eye. Burn it anyway.
0: <laughs> I was like, do I have to spell it out for you? was with the burn, man. <laughs> <laughs> what you should have said. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Spook's just a real. But I mean, to be fair, it's like he doesn't know he can burn pewter yet. No, like, yeah. why would you think that?
4: We'll yeah, and also, then he's groggy as shit from working up from yeah. Blood, blood. Yeah. Blood. yeah.
0: Ghost Kelsier or hallucination, whatever you want to call him, uh, then just says something really interesting where I'm like, wait a minute, now we're now we're speaking conjure here. What's happening?
3: I've given you the blessing of pewter, Spook. That does sound yeah. like a conjure thing. That's not exactly the words
4: they Kelsier's bones. Mmm. Yep,
3: somebody showed up with Kelsier's bones. We do know that the conjure had it or had them. Like, bones are more than one thing, but. <laughs> And I, maybe we've had the discussion before, but I'm, it's like, I'm wondering if someone else could use those bones now that Orsor's is the one who ate the body. And now Orsor's dead. So would anyone else know enough to use the bones to look like Kelsier? Hmm. Hmm. But uh, Spook is feeling kind of good once he starts burning pewter. He's like, oh, hey, I'm, I, I can move. The heat's not bothering me anymore. This is kind of good. I didn't give you pewter just so you could live, Spook. I gave it to you so you could get revenge. And that's the end of the chapter.
0: Yeah, and that is a very Kelsier thing to say. You're not wrong. That dude loves getting revenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he also loves
3: surviving. He's the survivor. I feel like you've been like, sure. I gave it to you so you could survive, spook.
4: And well, survi- revenge. Surviving's his thing, revenge is oh, something he Yeah, he his
0: own thing. He's like, don't rip my shit off, bro. Like. <laughs> I'm the survivor, you're the Avenger.
3: I got a copyright on Survivor. You cannot use that, but Or the Re yeah, I guess the you're Revenger. The Revenger.
4: Exactly, the Revenger. Because you know, you, you want revenge and like uh, and you want revenge and uh, what 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 about you, Banner? Do you want revenge? Uh, I'm, I'm undecided.
3: Yeah, he's like I'm kinda of... <laughs> I'm ambivalent. Thor and his inability to be creative with naming that guy. <laughs> Our final epigraph is that uh, A lot of people feel a sentient hatred in the mists. Uh, But not everybody. For some some of them, even the ones that get struck down, it's just a weather phenomenon. But those it favored it swirled around, and those it was hostile to it pulled away from. Some felt peace, others felt hatred. It all came down to Ruin's subtle touch and how much one responded to his promptings.
0: Mm, Mm. So, that's that's think. Uh, sorry can't talk let me start over <laughs> that's me thinking like ruin is not the mist the mist is preservation okay. preservation's mad at vin for letting ruin out so it's not yep. swirling around her it's like no nah, i'm not i'm not messing with you no more huh. well okay to be fair
3: as Vin and Ellen were walking to the Well of Ascension in the first place, she's like, "Yeah, the mist is leading me." And he's like, "No, it looks like
0: it's pulling away from you." Right, cuz it knew where she was going.
3: Mm, okay, that's true. The 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 yeah. mist spirit at least had been trying to keep her away from there the whole time. Right. So if those two are related, the mist and the mist spirit, then yeah, you may be right. Okay. So Tensoon is back in his cage or in his cage. I guess we haven't seen him in the cage. Before. We're we're going to for the rest of the book, every single Tensoon chapter is going to be him in his cage. But <laughs> for now, it's the first Get time. And not. <laughs> hey, we're, we're like 25% of the way through this book already, so... Are we? Jesus. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of chapter 20, it's 24%, so I don't know if by the end it's 25 but yeah. We're, we're trucking. And really, Tensoon feels insulted by the very existence of this cage. She's like, look, I am a good Contra. I'm not gonna run away. I came willingly to face my punishment. Why you gotta do this? This is just mean. The dog came home like a good boy. <laughs> good puppy. And so, uh, it, he decides that the second generation, they didn't need weeks to decide. They didn't. They said they're going to tell him his fate in a month. They just wanted to make a show of punishing him and put him on display for everyone to see the traitor Kondra. In all of history, no Kondra had ever been treated this way. And he thinks that his name would be a byword for shame for centuries, except they probably aren't going to get centuries. That's kind of the point. And I think it's easy to forget that soon left before Vin even made it to the Well of Ascension. Like He has no idea what happened to Vin, what's happening outside, any of this stuff. But we do find that Ruin and Preservation, he says, are the gods of the Condra people, and they are at war again. Which I think we kind of knew based on what he said about Ruin and Preservation in the last book when we first heard those names. But this is like a confirmation yeah. that these are their gods.
4: Yeah, he said like, we are of preservation. Everyone else is from Ruin. It really makes it sound like Ruin is basically their devil. Yeah.
3: It's it's their devil and everyone else is in league with the devil. We're the only good ones. <laughs> Ain't that just how religions go?
4: Unclean.
3: We do get another glance at uh the baby conjures. He's like eleventh generations are moving
4: along, they're just little blobs with some bones. I just pictured this like um you know a mother duck leading the ducklings. I just like there's like some candra walking around with true bones, followed by this line of blobs just going plop 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 <laughs> plop behind her. <laughs>
3: That is that. Is, that totally does sound like a, a duck and ducklings just walking across the road. It's like blah blah blah. <laughs> I wonder if there's fan art of that out there. I want to see that now. <laughs> uh, but we find out that tra- the transformation from Mistwraith to Chondra is tough. Once given a blessing, the Mistwraith loses its instincts as it gains sentience and has to relearn everything. Hmm. And also, um, the Chondra, when they're in the homeland, they make a stew mixture of algae and fungi inside pits. Mmm. Delicious. Well, yeah. Although he, th- <laughs> he then is like, man, I wish I had some age to Like, that's <laughs> so much better. <laughs> There's just nothing uh, tasty about any of this, I gotta say. That'll be hey, his hey, motive
1: to get out of the cage. He <laughs> will <won't> be helping me <laughs> or you know anything. it will just yeah, be like, so you funny. know what? I need some meat.
3: Before I am trapped for all eternity, i got to have one last hamburger.
4: You, you guys got some salami?
3: <laughs> and in the annotations, Brandon says, so yeah, they cultivate a mixture of algae and fungus, and yes, they can survive on this. No, it does not taste very good, but it doesn't need light to grow. However, humankind could not survive on this mixture, unfortunately. However, one thing that is never brought up in the text is something that not even the Condra know. There are several reasons the Lord Ruler created them as he did, and one of those reasons was so that there would be a people who could survive beneath the ground should the world above be destroyed by the mists. So, there's a fun fact. Apparently no one knows, so there's no way for them to tell us in the book. But I guess the epigraph writer might have managed to tell us.
4: <laughs> so, turn, turns out, like, Roshak was experimenting with worm people and somehow got the candra.
3: <laughs> blobs worms whatever
4: yeah worms are kind of blobs that have just been stretched out
3: it says he created the Chondra, but we know now that the Condra transformed into Condra from mist so did he create the mist wraiths hmm oh, okay
0: well Tenson says that the mist aren't sentient so right. maybe the mist already existed and he used his power of preservation to create the blessings, which is apparently what grants them sentience. Mm. Maybe in that way he created them.
3: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, kind of maybe kind of the same way he created inquisitors from people is, you know, it's just miswraiths into Condra. Oops, yeah. I just sent a
0: heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the sentience thing, I don't know, it's just weird because I'm like, how did... How and we just don't know enough yet. Like how do the Chondra bless themselves with stuff? Mm. And why is the Lord Ruler being dead make it to where they can't have more generations? Was he continuously bequeathing them blessings somehow? I just I don't yeah. I'm confused.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As much as we're learning, there's still so much we don't know. <laughs> and so as he sits there in his cage He's like uh you know, watching his people pass by. It says the fourth and fifth generations come up to spit at the ground in front of him to show their devotion to the seconds. Yeah.
0: Super uh dick move.
3: And the sixth and seventh come up to just like shake their heads and have pity on him. And here comes mailon to be like, dude, tensoon.
4: He's like, go away. This is the bit where um a couple of episodes ago, like there was an there was an annotation where Brandon talked about uh, May- 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 Maylan and her relationship to Tensuun, and said, "Yeah, I couldn't figure out how to, how to, where to put that in the book. Right here, it would yeah. fit so well. Right here,
3: mm-hmm. it would have made so much sense right there, huh? Yeah. It's like, why is this girl so interested in helping him out? Well, here, let me let me tell you a story. Go
0: listen to a story about a man named Jib,
3: a man named Tensuun, <clears throat> a conjurer yeah, named
4: Tensuun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah." <laughs>
4: I'll call him Tenny for a shot yeah
0: <laughs> blob gold candra T,
3: aged meat he, he discovered a source of aged meat and got rich among the condra but uh, melon is here to be like just hey. like a
0: rotting carcass
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a crate dragon
0: nice good <laughs> reference <laughs>
3: But Melon's like, they shouldn't be able to do this to you. You're nearly as old as they and far more wise. And he's like, no, shut up. The second generation are in charge. And she's like, they don't got to be in charge. He's like, dude, no, shut up. Like, We're not humans with their rebellions and upheavals. We are Kondra. We are of preservation. And she brings him some news that, like, Ash is cloaking the land and the mists come during the day to kill crops and people. Ruin has returned. And uh, he's like, oh, at well the, the first generation will do something we have to trust and she's like no they're old forgetful and impotent and she's like dude you've changed what happened to you China you used to be cool China's still cool <laughs> pay later pay later, pay later. <laughs> Simpsons uh, <laughs> they never. They should never have given the children of a new generation to be raised by a third there are many of us young sort ones of hinting it yeah it is kind of. And so she's like, look, seconds can't be in charge forever. How can we help you? Like, she's like, we're ready for a revolution. All we need is you to lead us. And Tencent's like, look, he can't say anything, but he's thinking, like, you're not being smart here. They're going to have a chondro with a blessing of awareness sitting nearby so they can hear every word spoken at this cage. and <laughs> So he's like, "No, I can't do it. I I broke contract. I deserve my punishment." And she's like, "But you did it for a higher good." And he's like, "I guess I convinced convince one person at least."
0: <laughs> I like his super and then I like his super obvious at least to us. His super obvious like fake out. It's like, "Man, I sure was humiliated to wear those bones. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd hate for that to be a part of my punishment or something. <laughs> I never want to see those bones again." <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, Malon's like, oh, th- so they did break you after all. That's that explains why you showed up using that horrible body, and that's where he gets the he gets that idea. He's like, oh yeah, no, that was the worst body ever.
0: It sucked
4: so much. Yeah. the head scratches really. were terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really, pot calling the kettle black. He's like, she's not a, she didn't have a human body either. What is she talking about?
3: Well, she has. Well, it was a wood body. That uh, has, you know, that's human ish.
4: Or we don't know what type pumped. of wood. Yeah. Spook would know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Spook could yeah, smell
3: it.
1: Can.
0: Yeah. He, uh, I mean, she's a Spriggan or something. It's fine. We, <laughs> also,
3: we also get a little, little tip here that Orsor had the blessing of potency, which Tensun must have gotten a hold of, she says, or must have inherited when he killed him. But they didn't find it when he showed up.
0: So blessing of potency, like, I'm wondering if that translates to pewter.
3: Well, she, she says, do you want us to bring it so that you can fight? So it would be something fighty for sure, it sounds like. And I think that's what it said, like, when they sent guards to pick him up from his cell. I think he mentioned them having the blessing of potency also. So it could be similar. And he's just, he's refusing to go along with it, to come up with this plan. And after he lets the thing slip about the dog bones, he's just like, you know, just, just leave me alone. I won't be a rebel against my own people. We're not humans. Just go. She's like, you were once the greatest of us. And he's thinking to himself, not really. I mean, (laughs) I've become the greatest criminal in our history, but mostly by accident. Mm, You know, she walks away and he whispers, I'm doing it to protect you. (laughs) He's doing it for all of them. For Vin, their mother. Or whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever she is
3: now. Yeah, the thing that she is. So that's the end of these five chapters. And so you probably noted, like I said, that several of those were quite short, which is why we did five. Although next time, they're even shorter. So anyway, let us get into predicaments, I suppose. Joe, what do you have for
0: predicting? Yes, let me go. Let me go kind of chapter by chapter here. Uh, Spook, the Baldray thing, I... I don't – maybe I was just misunderstanding it, but it seemed like she actually couldn't talk and that he was just reading her lips. So my prediction is maybe that she's mute and she, like, really doesn't like anything that Quellian is doing. And
2: mm.
0: maybe she will join Spook even though he was extremely unadept at uh, <laughs> <laughs> at what he did. Maybe that – you know, maybe that'll, that'll still pay off for him. He was not
4: the
3: least bit smooth.
0: No, but... <laughs> not smooth at all. Um, I don't think
4: Dave. It's because Daymu... when, when, when she asked, who are you, he should have just, like, said your first line from the spook rap.
0: Yeah, wasn't with the whistle, it's your boy Spook Dizzle! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she would have been like, what the hell are you talking about?
1: What are you saying?
0: <laughs> He's like, it's a new, it's a new music I'm trying. She's like, yeah, try it somewhere else. <laughs> I don't think Daemu's dead. I think he'll survive the mist. Breeze and Arian, I, okay, I I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see if they get to, um, they're headed to Urto, right? So I'm interested to see, I guess, if they get to Urto before before says gets back with them, because I mean, I feel like that's a whole thing. Like if Arian shows up and tries is trying to like riot everybody, and um, the, oh, that would be bad. Yeah, I just don't see that going well.
1: <laughs> I can't so. see the uh, ostentatious nature of Arian's outfits <laughs> and Breeze's. <laughs> Carousel going down. Yeah, hill.
0: she might possibly have been the worst person to take with them
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, for a variety of reasons, but <laughs> that also is not a good thing.
3: They don't know how uh, bad the anti-noble uh, thing is, but yeah, Florian's yeah. not. I think Say said he was going to meet them on the highway north, so he I thinks he's going to meet them up before then anyway.
0: Yeah, but who knows what he's doing with the terroristsmen? I don't. I'm not sure why. We, we don't know exactly why he went back. Maybe he left. Maybe he has like a home there and he left some materials They're They're propping him up as their king, I guess, because he's probably the oldest and wisest keeper and the guy who helped the, take down the Lord Ruler and everything else. So I guess that's well, why they're propping him up as king.
3: He's the only keeper left, as far as we know, at this point. Right. What he said earlier.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that since the keepers were the leaders before and now there's only one of him, I guess maybe that's why they're saying you're the king. Default, yeah. default default yeah exactly also i think he's pretty well respected within like except for the sy- synod i think a lot of tariffin probably did respect him and now like he's gone he's the one who's he's the last one standing so spook did he talk to Kelsier? i i'm not sure i if he didn't talk to Kelsier like physically i gotta there's gotta be some way that kelsir is being manifested whether it's by chondra with bones which would be interesting or I honestly think it's some, you know, like from the mist we came, from the mist we return, like some kind of crazy metaphysical power beyond like literally force ghost. And if it is Kelsier as like a force ghost or a mist ghost, then I would like to say I feel like Data led us on a false trail many times by by mentioning that people had asked Brandon if he would ever bring Kelsier back. And so it's like clearly he has brought him back in some form. Or fashion, even if it's not really him. So just putting that out there. And then yeah, Sun, he's gonna get his bones back, and something's gonna happen, man. He's gonna he's gonna be the strongest dog on uh, four legs in the contra community. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see. Maybe he'll split his skin open and shoot vials of acid at people. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> oh,
4: anyway, acid dog.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: First off, to be fair, I believe what i previously said was people asked if about bringing people back from the dead and brandon said that he didn't like that because it causes problems and it makes stuff not have stakes if you know people just are coming back from the dead but he also said that's like but if you don't do it too often and you you use
0: it you do something really well with it then you know maybe we all know what you were trying to do don't try to don't try to hide it
3: he's also said that he doesn't want to do time travel at least not like backwards time travel like at all because it just complicates everything like those are the two things that he's like yeah. I want to avoid bringing people back from the dead and I want to not do time travel
0: right I mean look the Harry Potter book series is amazing but there are so many holes in that third book just because they travel through time that it's kind of crazy
3: yeah to that time travel just always ends up making no sense that's just how it goes okay uh, but, uh Jack what do you have this time
4: so I think I feel like Quelly on isn't actually the power behind the city. I think Beldry is and Ooh. she and uh, Quelian is just like a puppet that she, she set up somehow whether she's got really good emotional elements here and is just writing him or or whatever and making him do the bidding or or I don't, I don't know. But I feel like I feel like is really the one in charge. So I think that's that's going to be an additional wrinkle. I when for the for the Kandor side of things, um, I f- when Tensoon said what's happening above, and like just realized, oh yeah, like they live underground. Everything I started th- thinking, so the homeland isn't a spot on the map. It's actually below everything. Is the Candra homeland also underneath Luthadel? Like, is it under the well? Maybe.
1: Oh,
4: um, yeah. I'm wondering if yeah, like elsewhere throughout the lab, there's like all this series of interne- interconnecting tunnels, like a hollow earth sort of thing going on, and that's where that's where Russia came down to do his experiments and create the, at least the, at least the Kandra. So. It does say like in I, this chapter that the whole probably... land is
3: really big and like too big for the Candra basically to live in the whole thing. So maybe that fits.
4: Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like basically all underneath the continent and like the way up and down, I think is actually underneath Lutherdale. Cause it's, since it's the central point of the country. And I feel like to, yeah, Tensoon, like, he got away from the city very quickly in the last book. I'm like, how did he get away so without being seen at all? The city was under siege. Surely they would have noticed. Why is a dog coming out of the city and been eaten by the colossus or something? So I feel like he actually got underneath the city and kept going down. Hmm. That would uh, explain that. So those are those are the two you know rational predictions I have for this week. I've got one irrational one, uh, <laughs> which I just just because I think it will be funny. I think like. Throughout these books, you've got you've had the power trio of uh, Vin, Ellen and Sazed as the ultimately the core three characters, and I'm kind of pulling like there'll be a secondary trio of like their psychics and friends who become the real heroes of the day, and each of them will be one of the race that Rashek created. So you've got Human, the Coloss, Tenser, the Kandra, and Marsh, the Inquisitor. They'll be like they will combine and be like the real trio of of heroes.
3: They're gonna be a new super best friend squad. That would
4: be an interesting combo. Yeah. Spiky the dog and the troll.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I totally feel like we don't know the Coloss all that well. We know that they love killing each other and they're not big fans of humans, but I feel like maybe a Coloss and a Chondra would get along. I don't know.
4: Yeah. I, I just like the idea of like one like we ha- we have one pretty important character from each of the races uh, each of the things that the Lord Ruler supposedly created. Wouldn't it be cool if they just united those three?
3: Hmm. I agree. That would be cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jamie.
1: I don't have a lot this week, but I think regarding Spook's powers and his interaction with Kelsia or Kelsia-like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's actually Kelsia. I did like the idea of it being sort of the mist ghost at the start of the episode, but also the thought of it being a Chandra reanimating Kelsia I thought was pretty cool as well, it also potentially could be the voice of ruin or the voice of preservation trying to work with Spook. You know, if the mists are sort of surrounding the people that they like and, and trying to help them, why not try and help Spook in this situation as well? He's, I'm pretty sure he's gotten this ability from the blade rather than being gifted it by anyone. Mm.
4: Um,
1: and so the blade that's gone through the thug to then go into Spook's chest. I'd missed that the blade had broken. But if a bit has broken off and is still in him, it's sort of the same as putting another spike into an Inquisitor. Hmm. So I think
4: Oh like, shit, you're right.
1: Yeah, I thought like I thought you'd got me when I was reading the chapters earlier and I was like, ah, I knew the hemallurgy. <laughs>
4: um, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: I'm just like thinking, okay, really that was kind of happens? a weird
4: thing, but I'll just I'm just gonna
1: yeah. So with a spook, we'll figure out that that's how he's gotten the power, and maybe his desire to be so much more useful than he feels he is. Maybe he'll look for more power, or maybe he won't figure it out. But this could be sort of how the rest of the team start to figure out what's actually happening and like how Inquisitors are made and and all that sort of stuff. So it's probably going to be our introduction to the rest of the team. Hmm. this form of metal magic so in terms of something actually gifting it to him maybe it's not you know a spirit gifting it to him he's got it this way and something's trying to tell him that he's actually got this ability now you know it'd be interesting to see if ellen had a similar experience when he was then ingesting the metal at the well did something sort of tell him he had it or was just it was instinct and just you know, maybe it's different for everybody. When you snap, do you feel like something's talking to you and sort of guiding you through it? Who knows? But, yeah, that's, that's kind of all I got.
3: Well, it's interesting because I think that you were the one who said either last week or the week before that it's like maybe somebody on the crew is going to end up getting hemorrhagical powers and you thought that Spook was the most likely candidate to like maybe even yeah. willingly like, take some of these Inquisitor powers.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't sort of see it as a... um. He'd he'd sort of get caught in, in <laughs> fight and accidentally get them. <laughs> Whoops! Um, I
3: accidentally got superpowers. My bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what does this open up for anyone else that is already like? Do you already have to be a misting to be able to mm. to do this, or could they literally go around and effectively make that another army of mistings or mistborn? Like, if you get all of them,
2: mm. can you
1: still burn? All of them. Also, the person that the spike or, in this case, the sword runs through, do they have to die for you to get their power? And does the does the metal that delivers it actually have to be made of a specific metal to 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 do it? So we've got a lot to learn, but I think this is all kind of lined up really nicely for Spook. Um, and in this case, it saved his life, which is
3: right. That's a good
1: awesome point. for Spook. Um, <laughs>
3: So, cool. so to answer at least one question, I, in the annota or not annotation, sorry, in the epigraph before chapter thirteen, the epigraph writer says it is not a coincidence. I believe that death is always involved in the transfer of powers via hemolurgy.
1: Yeah, okay. So yeah, you wouldn't then give all of those powers to your army because you would have to kill a whole bunch of mistings to mm-hmm. make that happen. Yeah,
3: that's that's really interesting. Yeah, he got. He got sorted. Imagine accident if, if that's what it was, if he's accidentally picked up some superpowers <laughs> without even understanding. Whatever. Yeah.
0: Or even the people who did it understanding.
3: No, yeah, like, n- none of them you wouldn't think did it on purpose if they did it, right? Why would... They They tried to burn him to death afterwards. Right. So it seems unlikely
4: that somebody and, was intentional. Yes. <laughs> and then... He, co- he but comes then, out as like, you, th- you thought you killed me, but you made me stronger. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but then um, also, like... If I'm somehow right and and they are using hemalurgy on uh like by taking mistings and then giving themselves powers, it's kind of like uh, ironic that's like oh we we've been doing that to pump ourselves up, but we just made this guy stronger.
3: Yeah, I guess that actually brings up a good question because it's like if your theory is right and it's like these are not actual noblemen, these are people who they killed to noblemen and took their powers, then that thug would have been somebody who got powers via hemalurgy. Is it possible? to like then take the powers from him that same way by stabbing him through the heart or whatever and to give him to someone else? Or would you just need to like take the spike that he already has or Mm -hmm.
0: could you could you then stab an inquisitor through into somebody else and give them all the inquisitor Yeah
3: like all the powers or Mm. and
0: what if what if all the extra spikes that Marsh now has are like other inquisitors were stabbed through to give him those spikes and he gets like ultra inquisitor powers each time he gets unstabbed through with another inquisitor's powers.
3: So like super saiyan blue. Got it.
0: Yeah. Like there's just
3: stacking that shit. Let's
4: well, yeah. like, uh, in that early fight scene when the inquisitor was stabbing at Ellen with a spike, that's like, he's trying to get all of Ellen's powers as well. It's like, gimme, gimme,
0: Ooh,
4: gimme. Yeah. Maybe yeah,
0: it's going to take his powers. I, I thought he'd maybe getting tried to control with by ruin, but yeah, that that sounds interesting as well.
3: This hemolurgy thing's freaky. We don't know what's going. On. Like anybody could be stabbing anybody to take their shit. What
1: what are the rules?
3: <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like we learned the rules of alamancy pretty early on, and then we kind of got a handle on Chemie, uh more or less in the first book, but
4: this one is very mysterious still. Hmm. The only person we know who really knows how it works is Marsh, and he's, he's no. not really talking right now. No, not
3: telling anybody. All he said was that it's messy, which, yeah, it would be. <laughs> you, anyway, we got two emails this week, and both of them are based on Joe's plea to the to the audience. Tell us what you think of Breeze and Orien's relationship.
4: Oh, oh nice. Oh, God. So
3: Sasha says, I don't really have strong feelings about Arianne or her relationships one way or the other. She's a bit annoying, but I don't feel the seething hatred for her that the rest of the cast does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she goes on with some spoilery yep. stuff. That's, that's the main response to Joe's uh, request. We'll, tell you, well that well, and
4: come back to it. Yeah.
3: And the other one is from Angela2. And Angela says, Here are my thoughts on the Breeze and Aurean relationship. I feel like they should have a cutesy name, but I have nothing. Okay, that's good.
0: One. Um hold on, I can do it. Um,
3: <laughs> All Breeze. No, that's yeah. kinda <laughs> uh,
0: no Ooh. All Reese. No. Uh Balrian. nope. Uh Brian. Brian. Brian did it.
3: Or his, Breeze's real name is like l- his last name is Ladrian, so maybe like Ladrian.
4: Oh Ladrian? Yeah. Brienne's way better. That just, okay. that just, that just yeah. sounds like something Sylvester so Stallone would yell in Rocky.
3: Legend. What about Zanne? I feel like Breeze's name—you gotta have the
0: Z in there. I mean, I guess. I think Brienne's great.
3: Okay, okay. Jo- Joe's got his choice. Anyway, as Angela says I'm not the biggest fan of either of these characters, but I do like this relationship in the sense that I feel like they deserve each other. I know that we've seen Breeze is not as shallow as he seems and does try to use his Alamancy for good and to help out his friends. However, we've also seen both use their Alamancy for very petty reasons with few qualms. Neither seem to have a ton of depth and are very simple in not wanting to give up much up if it means losing the finer things in life. I 100% agree with you guys that I would love to see more stories about the conjure from Brandon. Marsh would be pretty awesome one to get more on too, since he seems to fall off the face of the planet. Yeah, in that last book especially. It would be very interesting to hear more about the lives of the Inquisitors and whatever it is he gets up to. Thank you as always for a fun show to listen to. I'm so excited for you guys to get the end of the series and hear everyone's reactions. Wasing to the time of next, Angela 2.
4: So, yeah, I'd like I see the lives of the Inquisitors. What do they do in their spare time? Are they just like, you know, chilling on the couch? Does one of them own, own a craft brewery? <laughs>
3: We talked about Carr and his wife going to dinner with the Lord Ruler. It, it was very – now that I think about it, that, that whole like skit that you guys did of that was very uh, – It w- the the first episode of WandaVision where the boss and his wife were coming for dinner.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. Tell us your story.
3: What <laughs> is it? Where are you from? jeez what's this, Why is this so hard? Oh, poor Carr. He's gone. We'll never know about him and his wife. Eh, he was kind of a dick. He He was a lot of a, a dick. That's beside the point. So anyway, thank you, both of you, for your emails, for answering Joe's query. If anyone else wants to send us emails for any reason, it is thesanderlanch at com. You can add us on Twitter at thesanderlanch or on Instagram at thesanderlanch. We're on Facebook, thesanderlanch. You you're, you should be sensing a pattern at this point. Remember the E on the end. Yes, with an hey. E. Mm-hmm. Very yep. important.
0: It's like we Avalanche, were... Yes, but Sanderlanch.
3: We are in all the places. You can find us, say things at us, yell at us about how we don't love spook enough. It's all good. Yep. For next time, five chapters again, 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25. So if you're reading along, five more chapters, a lot of short ones this time. Like <clears> all three of the middle chapters are like real short.
0: So, Do you think he just got tired But when he got to this book? He's just like, ah, that's that's long enough. Just <laughs> throw it in there.
3: <laughs> it's kind of interesting because when you get to uh, – like I've I've got a bunch of the stuff outlined already like for future books. And like the next book that we would be reading, Elantris, it starts out with like – we'd be doing two or three chapters at a time, two for the most part. And then as you get towards the end of the book, it's like three and then four and then five and then six. And it's like the chapter chapters get shorter and shorter as you get closer to the end. And yeah, he was just getting exactly, Right, <laughs> that's not exactly just like, what's I'm happening done.
0: here. But. Just, I'm just gonna throw in the exposition. Here it is. I feel like exposition would make it longer, wouldn't it? I mean, not if you're good at it.
3: Mm, okay. Sure, sure. I was thinking about that uh, about Final Fantasy VII when you said avalanche, and yeah, so it, it doesn't surprise me that we ended up there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yes, let us know things. Uh, send us things, add us on things, leave us reviews. We haven't gotten any new reviews yet for Joe to hand out some more titles, but I've been keeping an eye out. Mm. Uh, most Honestly, the most most of the listeners we get, like, a good, like, 35% seems to be from uh, Spotify, and Spotify doesn't mm. have, like, a r- give this a rating. So that's, like, a third of our audience right there that can't rate us uh, unless they go and open, like, Apple Podcasts separately from where they listen to their podcasts. So yeah, I don't
0: blame you. Those are all the Joe Rogan people who switched over to Spotify.
3: Yeah, we only get like 9% of our audience from Apple Podcasts. so. Yeah. But that is the main place that I look for reviews. So there's a, a – we get about the same number from Podbean actually. Like yeah. directly from Podbean about 8 or 9%. Interesting.
0: Anyway. Well, if you so, want to send in a review that, and you don't – you know, you're on Spotify or whatever, just email it. Email
3: nice things to us or, or mean things. You know, I'll take anything. Just
0: whatever. Yeah, we put the brain in the robot, you know.
3: Let us know what you think. Music by Miracle of Sound. I'm gonna throw that out there. And, wasn't the time of next everyone? That was, that was very abrupt. Bring
0: out the brother and me. <laughs> no, not
3: the song. As the towers of steel and stone crumble to dust,
2: the foundations of Scream and sound As a reaper comes to ground You turn to face it down
4: Because you must